0: Good morning. Can you hear me in the back? As I start to fade down, Stephanie, point your finger up for me. And I'll pick it up a little bit. So, I was thrilled to work on a lesson about making our homes a slice of heaven. And I got here this morning and I had to totally rework it because I had one of the cinnamon rolls. from. <laughs> so, you know, um, just have one of them. That's what I going to tell you. They are amazing. Um, but when I work on a lesson, I typically, as I'm rolling the ideas around in my mind of what I'm going to speak about, um, and a lot of times in ladies' days they'll ask you if you'd like a song led that goes with your lesson. So typically I do have hymns in my mind and songs that I'm rolling around and singing them in my mind because that's where I sing the best. My pitch perfect sign lets me now. When I say I can't can't sing, he says, no, mom, you're wrong, you can sing, you just can't sing well. (laughs) So I'm singing these songs in my mind, and how easy is that about heaven? There's so many beautiful hymns about heaven. To think of how beautiful heaven must be, fair haven of rest for the weary, where there's no tears in heaven, where all our sorrow and pain will have flown. Think about when we all get to heaven, What a day of rejoicing that will be think about and the sweet by and by when we meet on that beautiful shore lord please reserve me a mansion robe and a crown where love will always abound where god will wipe away every tear for all the tears from every eye but recall that while this world is not our home and we are passing through Our homes here, our dwelling places here, can reflect our priorities, where we wanna go, and who we wanna bring with us. Philippians 3.20 says, but our citizenship is in heaven, and from it we await a savior, the Lord Jesus Christ. While we aren't setting out to adorn our homes, or decorate our spaces in a way that distracts from that ultimate goal of a heavenly home, we can make sure that we've magnified our true and highest citizenship to be sure of our arrival and our influence on other souls from within our home. Our homes will exhibit to others our priorities, where we're headed and who we want to bring with us. They'll influence all who grace our presence within those walls. When we make our homes a slice of heaven, we'll influence our families first. And then secondly, those we extend hospitality to. So, when we're influencing others in our home, let's think about who we're going to influence. Who are we going to point towards heaven? Your first mission, our first mission, is always our family. Those that are in our homes. That's who we're going to have the most contact with, the most time with, the most influence on just based upon time alone. But sometimes our families get the worst of us, don't they? Because we're so close and all that time together, they, we can be in a position where we're dumping emotional baggage on those that are with us all the time. Um, I look forward to the lessons from James because he has so much to say about intentional communication, whether it's being quiet to be a good listener and to have calm, loving, Tearing communication to help build our families up instead of tearing them down, remembering that they're our first mission. One of the resources that I like, it's not from the church, but he does employ a lot of good, he's a counselor, he uses a lot of good biblical-based information on how to communicate. He doesn't refer to scriptures or anything, but he's a counselor named Kirk Martin, and his brand is called Calm Parenting. He has some very practical, um, just things that you can really bring into your lives, into your homes on what to say, how to say it, and he'll even give you some ideas about body language. And while the focus is from a parenting perspective, I promise you it's beneficial for anybody. It's good for our spouses or just interacting in general. So Kirk Martin Calm Parenting is his brand. And I would imagine in an audience at an event like this, we have a lot of preachers' families, a lot of elders' families, a lot of deacons' families. Keep in mind the saying that says, the cobbler's children have no shoes. We have to be careful that we're not so invested in everybody else's spirituality that our own homes are falling prey to being left behind. We need to remember that James says our life is but a mist, and that it appears for just a little time and then vanishes. My boys are 19 and 17 now, and I can it takes my breath away. I can't believe how quickly we've gotten to where we are and how they'll be out of our home soon. My oldest is on the autism spectrum, so we do have a little bit of a cushion. He won't be out right away, but he will be eventually. Um, he's developing that independence, and he's even spreading his wings a little bit recently. But it just blows my mind. They were just babies. And some people have children that don't even make it to this age. So we're only here for a little time. We don't know how long we have them. We have to be careful to be vigilant that those who live in our homes, who are gonna be influenced by the most time that we have with someone, is that they're experiencing a slice of heaven in our homes to point them heavenward with our tongues and with our tongue our family is our first mission. Next, besides our families and those who live in our homes, we're going to influence anybody that we bring in as guests for hospitality. First Peter 4 9 says show hospitality to one another without grumbling. I'm afraid that far too many of us are not making it a habit of being hospitable, and when we are, far too many of us are grumbling about it. When we have someone in our homes, it is relationship and life-changing. We need to spend time with the redeemed in our homes. If you were just in Brother Glenn's session in here, he talked about hospitality and if we spend time with our brothers and sisters he said if you don't know everybody in your congregation that's your purpose go know everybody in your congregation have them in your home if we don't spend that time together how can we fulfill the law of Christ to bear each other's burdens if we're not close enough to let down our guards and show our true selves if we're not humble enough to show that we aren't perfect and we all struggle How are we going to know what each other's struggle is? Or how are we even going to recognize in one another? Hey, you might need some help. See, oftentimes people will only come out and verbalize and express a need when they're so far beyond the point of of actually doing something about it. So we have these little scratches that we can begin with that we could take care of with a band-aid and maybe some polysporin and we let them become these gaping wounds that we have to debride that we have to have surgery that we have to have sutured we have to have IV antibiotics because we're not spending time together and relating to one another and showing our true selves to each other if we aren't transparent enough to recognize and share we're not gonna we're not gonna get there without each other we need that time together often when when we allow others when we have time with others like that we can say to our sister hey that scratch is looking a little funky I you know it was just a scratch but it might be infected like we need to do something about this and let me be there for you you know what I've had a scratch like that before we've made it through let me talk to you it's interesting to me that the verse that precedes this one in verse 8 is the verse that urges us to keep loving one another earnestly since love covers a multitude of sins do you see that the hospitality verse and love covering a multitude of sins go hand in hand we're not talking about nudging liking poking whatever on Facebook we're talking about in each other's homes where the walls come down and the confidence and the connection up real life hospitality gives a glimpse of heaven into our homes we need to expect, extend hospitality to those souls that need redemption or restoration what better place than the intimacy of our own dwelling to share God's love and his healing to those in need you see when we pass on the street or we're in the store or if we're at work together in the break room, they used to say the water cooler, but I don't I think I would say the coffee pot. I would think the water cooler, um, it would be the coffee pot for me. Um, you know, or even in the walls of our church building, it doesn't lend the opportunity to cultivate the relationships that the home does. When we have a habit of making these things simple, that's when we're going to do it, and I mean it, really put it in habit. When we moved to Warner Robins, we moved there and. 2019 so it's been four years now so we had a whole congregation of people to get to know and this was such an easy way and it worked out so lovely we did it was either Taco Tuesday or Mexican Monday depending on the day and I would put up a sheet with dates on it of when we were available to host people in our homes and I would put it in their laps to start with okay so I would say we can accommodate however many guests I put 12 on there I think it was more than that And then as people would sign up and how many were coming, like if I only had four to six here, I would ask a few more. Hey, do you guys want to come this night? Yeah, you know, so we we went through about 90 souls in just a matter of a couple months, okay? But the simplicity of it was that it was the same thing every single week, okay? And it's a crock pot of of, um, ground beef with taco seasoning. This picture doesn't have it, but we always have black beans too. A slow cooker with a jar of green tomatillo sauce. You know the green salsa. Chicken breasts. Let it slow cook throughout the day. Chop it up. Um, black beans. All the toppings. A few drinks. Sometimes desserts. Um, I would never ask anybody to bring anything if they offered to. I would let them, but it wasn't necessary. It was affordable. It was simple. I didn't have to rework the menu every week, which is my rate limiting step. What am I <laughs> going to feed people? You know, to me that's that's overwhelming. But. It would accommodate a vegetarian if they wanted, you know, to use beans. Um, it would accommodate low carb. They'd either use low carb tortillas or just make a salad, um, you know, whatever. It just made it simple. And then we would just simply put two tables together. And then we also have a bar area, you know, around our kitchen and island. There, you could have extra seating. And we just got together and ate each week. And I'm telling you that like the the people who my boys know are people who have been in our, it's not the people that we just see at services. And they know something about them. And you can see those connections made and the bonds go up. So when our homes are a slice of heaven, we're pointing our families and anyone we bring into our home towards the beauty of the ultimate heavenly home. It is a prepared place for prepared people. In John 14, two and three, it says, Jesus is telling his disciples, In my Father's house are many rooms. If it were not so, would I have told you that I go to prepare a place for you? And if I go and prepare a place for you, I will come again and will take you to myself, that where I am, you may be also. If the Lord prepares a place for his people, we can prepare a place to point ourselves, our families, and our guests towards heaven. So let's discuss our interior design. The balance, let's balance the ideas that God can't be constrained by a physical space. Acts 7 48 49 says the most high does not dwell in houses made by hands. Heaven is his throne, and the earth is his footstool. Balance that with the idea of Psalm 127 verse one that says, unless the Lord builds the house, those who labor, those who built it labor in vain, we want to be mindful that the intention of our heaven ish home is to point people towards heaven. And to bring others with Well, for us to get to heaven and to bring others with us, but also to not let it be in vain to let the Lord build the house. So now that we've considered the where in our homes and the who our families are our guests, let's consider what does heaven look like? And how to the practical application of how to reflect that in our homes. Let's equip ourselves with the interior designing that makes our homes a slice of heaven. Our minds are constrained by material and physical descriptions of the idea of heaven. But as we already read from John, it's a place. And while we may not have it complete clarity in all of heaven and what it will be like, we have enough information to make us long to be there. We can know enough to seek it as our final home. So first, let's explore the inhabitants of heaven. Heaven is the dwelling place of God and the destination for the redeemed. God is in heaven. Colossians 3 verse 1 says, If then you have been raised with Christ, seek the things that are above where Christ is. Seated at the right hand of God. He is in heaven, so he needs to be in our homes. We need to know him in our homes so that we can show him our homes to others the way that God is going to be in our home is to spend time with him and study my father-in-law used to say you can't love God any more than you know God and you can't know God any more than you spend time with him and his word it's going to tell us who he is how much he loves us what he's offered to us and what he's done for us 1st John 5 3 says for this is the love of God that we keep his commandments And his commandments are not burdensome. When you know him, and you grow, and you love him, his commandments are not a burden. We shift from the I have to, to I get to. Jesus in his high priestly prayer in John 17, 3 said, And this is eternal life, that they know you. Okay, that's heaven, to know him, the only true God, and Jesus Christ whom you have sent. We will shine a little bit of heaven in our home by knowing God to show Him. As we go through the workshop this weekend, we're going to build a stockpile of practical Christianity tips on how to translate from the hearing to the doing that James encourages us in. It's going to light the path for us and for others on our way to our heavenly home. Let us strive to be like the Proverbs 31 woman in verse 26, where it says she opens her mouth with wisdom that came from time, that comes from time spent with God. Our impact is profound in our homes, whether it's, it's as a spouse, as a, as a wife to a husband. If you think about First Peter 3, 1 through 4, it says that her conduct, that, that an unbeliever could be won to Christ without even a word. So just by a wife's conduct, respectful and pure, and the imperishable beauty of a gentle and quiet spirit. Our behavior that is shaped by knowing God, to showing God to our husbands, will be a slice of heaven in our homes. As a mother, Deuteronomy 6 5 to 7 says, You shall love the Lord your God with all your heart, with all your soul, and with all your might. And these words that I command you today shall be on your heart. You shall teach them diligently to your children, and you shall talk of them when you sit in your house, when you walk by the way, when you lie down, and when you rise. From the very beginning, when we're singing songs with them, when we're teaching them, when we're having devos as they grow, knowing God, to show God to our children, when we sit, rise, walk, lie. This verse isn't to our youth ministers, sisters. It's to as parents we are the present-day Lois's and Eunice's that are influencing our children as they grow in wisdom and stature they need to see us study we need to study with them if you're neither of those things a spouse or a mother or if you're both or one of them you can always influence people you can know to show God by people you host in your home like we talked about think of the account of Mary and Martha Luke 10 well they literally had God in their home God in the flesh the application of knowing God being of importance still applies to us when we have people in our homes do they see our conversations and our hearts go back to God and all that we do do we give God the glory for our triumphs do they see that we find strength with him through the struggles Does our heart and mind and conversations come back to Him, or are we proud of ourselves with what we've accomplished, or are we crumbling below the weight of something heavy in our in our lives? Do those around us see that just as He is in heaven, He is in our home, a home that we hope will help lead them closer to Him? If He's in our home, we need to communicate with Him. We need to communicate to and through God. Second Chronicles 621 says, and listen to the pleas of your servant and of your people Israel when they pray towards this place. And listen from heaven, your dwelling place, and when you hear, forgive. He hears us and listens to our prayers from heaven, his dwelling place. So communicating to and through the divine will have a slice of heaven in our homes. We need to do it continually individually and even with our spouses. My husband and I are not on the same sleeping schedule at all. He's a super early bird and I'm a super night <laughs> owl. So, um, but we will make efforts throughout the day. And I, I love when we can start our day together like that. Usually he's up hours before me, but if we can find each other, even if he's not home on the phone, if we can pray together such a better start to the day somebody open the door for that baby <laughs> um, and same thing at night like he's gonna fall asleep way earlier than I am but we always try to pause and pray together and if our boys are home even if they're not home um, my oldest son has been staying at grandma's lately a lot she moved to town and um, we'll even you know FaceTime and pray together like it's so important to communicate with God to have them in our homes now, ladies, if you would, please turn to Revelation chapter 7. Um, think about, as we've already touched on some from John, think about how the Holy Spirit uses John to relay so much information about heaven and his New Testament writings. Last year in our summer series, we had a guest speaker who came and talked, and he reflected on this portion of Scripture in Revelation. Think about you know, John's writing in a time of great persecution of Christians. He, while he's writing this book of Revelation, he's exiled to the isle. He's on the isle of Patmos. Um, he's writing to, he's addressing the seven churches of Asia. And there's some really disturbing imagery there. But there's also some really beautiful glimpses of looking forward to God's kingdom. And if you can start with me about verse nine, it says after I after this, I looked and behold, and they fell on their faces before the throne and worshiped god saying amen blessing and glory and wisdom and thanksgiving and honor and power and might be to our god forever and ever amen then one of the elders addressed me saying who are these clothes clothed in white robes and from where have they come and i said to him sir you know and he said to me these are the ones coming out of the great tribulation." and God will wipe away every tear from their eyes. Let's look at some of the heavenly attributes that we could exhibit in our homes. First of all, this is a place of reward. Matthew 5 12 tells us that heaven is where X marks the spot on the treasure map. It's where we've laid up our treasures, Matthew 6:20. in a place of incorruptible No, where they can't decay but don't miss that this reward is not one that we deserve it's a gift that's made possible by God's sacrifice through his son and we must always acknowledge that the provisions are made by our Lord for his people you see that in verse 14 of this text in our own homes we can make attempts to extend similar graces we can provide a safe space where we're loved and provided for but also when those in our household stumble, that we help to pick them up and point them to heaven. In James chapter one, verse 17, he calls to recognition that every good gift comes from God. James two and verse 13 says, for judgment is without mercy to the one who has shown no mercy. Mercy triumphs over judgment. We can extend mercy and the gifts of a home of treasures that far outweigh any earthly goods. Consider the irony of describing a destination like heaven with the most costly and most the most costly earthly items of jewels and gemstones and metals, precious metals and things like that. Like it's described in Revelation 21:16 to 21, where you think of the city foursquare with this beauty exhibited by costly materials. Our finite minds, with the physical limitations, can relate to the value that's being portrayed, but we have to be sure that we're not focusing on nice things or even things at all. Proverbs 24 verses 3 and 4 says, by wisdom a house is built, by understanding it's established, and by knowledge the rooms are filled with all precious and pleasant riches. You see the treasures in our home to be a slice of heaven will radiate the wisdom, understanding and knowledge that's developed of studied, study that we discussed, not things or even the valuing of things. Let me tell you guys a secret. If you don't already know, preachers, families are really good at moving people. And I'm not talking about spiritually or emotionally. Somewhere in the fine print, it's that they can literally move people, okay? So we help to pack up and move somebody (laughs) out, or unpack and move somebody in. And I'll tell you that it's interesting to me, and sometimes even very sad, what clutter does to people's lives. And you will see, time and time again, truckloads in my own van full, over and over again, going to the Goodwill. (laughs) You can let um, Kathy Moore, (laughs) or no, Kathy, the mess up in their thing. <laughs> Kathy, Kathy called herself Kathy Moore in one of the episodes, if you guys heard that. <laughs> uh, <laughs> Carla Moore. Um, Loves to thrift, and I love how they talk about that. But like Harlan, not when you're going to dump something at the Goodwill. But we, I mean, literally take truckloads and van loads to the Goodwill to donate for somebody to sell at a garage sale at 20, for 25 cents or to just be thrown away. We have to be careful that the clutter in our homes isn't cluttering our minds and our hearts. Um, it, there is proof, there is scientific evidence that cortisol levels are elevated when you have extra clutter in your homes. Cortisol would be the stress hormone. So we need to be careful that we aren't stockpiling things and drowning in our spaces that are gonna be heaped in a pile and thrown away. Let's make sure that our treasures are of the right nature to show heaven in our home. Next, we'll consider that heaven is a place of perpetual fellowship with God and the redeemed. Revelation 21 verse three says, And I heard a loud voice from the throne saying, behold, the dwelling place of God is with man, he will dwell with them, and they will be his people. And God himself will be with them as their God. Let us shine heaven in our homes by having the redeemed in our homes, or bringing those in our homes to bring them closer to redemption. This is also a place of perpetual worship and service. We've already seen it in Revelation 7, verse 15, particularly points out how it's continuous. But you can also see in Revelation 22, verse three, it says, no longer will there be anything accursed, but the throne of God and the lamb will be in it, and his servants will worship him. Notice the worship and who's doing it are the servants. All of heaven will serve and worship God. We can obviously reflect this aspect in our homes, we can let our homes be a hub of developing this mindset and all that we do we must serve God and serve man and we can be intentional in worship. And one of the things we can do is sing in our homes. Our, my oldest son who does love hymns um, and music in general will cast a song with the lyrics you know on the screen just like you would in services PowerPoint and we'll go through and sing together It's one way we can bring that in our, in our homes. And then my favorite um is that it's a place of joy and blissful rest this is honestly what i look forward to the most i know you guys have all been in situations where you say and you'll probably say it after this weekend you'll probably say the people that live and work here will say there is no tired like an equipped conference tired, right <laughs> like, you know we said there's no tired like camp tired right like there's no but the rest that comes at the end of that is pretty blissful well think about revelation 14:13 that says and i heard a voice from heaven saying write this blessed are the dead who die in the lord from now on blessed indeed says the spirit that they may rest from their labors for their deeds follow them one commentator noted that this blessedness is the happiness and this rest is a state of bliss that comes from being labor to the point of exhaustion The redeemed that don't go astray in their hearts are the ones who will find this rest. Um, This past Sunday, Daniel, my husband, did a lesson on Hebrews 4.11 on striving to enter God's rest, and you'll see in Hebrews 3 and 4 this mentioning and expanding on the ideas of this rest that's found in God, and the contrast to the end of Psalm 95 talking about those who wouldn't enter into the rest. Um, it was those who were wandering in the wilderness had hardened their hearts and grumbled against God. Um, We need to make sure that we're not grumbling against God and that we can enter that rest and it's what I look forward to the most probably because it's what I struggle with the most in this life. Think of the dichotomy of our culture where you have such a hustle culture that we're so busy all the time but such an idle culture that's filled with things that waste our time. Our homes can be a slice of heaven when we exhibit the blissful rest that comes from intentional and useful labors that are pleasing to God. It can be a slice of heaven by creating a peaceful and restful space. My mom cleaned homes for a living as I was growing up and you could see how much rest that would bring to people when they would come into a clean space. She still does now, Um, she's retired for a long time. We have a sister in our congregation going through chemotherapy. And every three weeks when she goes to chemotherapy my mom comes to clean her house well she has to call me later and say there's nothing it feels so good to come into that space and i know you guys know what it's like if you have time to pick up your spaces before you go away it's so nice to come into an organized space immerse yourself in the things that make you feel at peace like that for you and your family all your senses she would say this was a trick she'd say If it doesn't smell clean, it doesn't seem clean. So even if she had cleaned the house and it was sparkling, but it didn't smell like either cleaning products or something flowery or something, it didn't seem clean. So immerse yourself in those experiences. But even more importantly, in a peaceful space from a cleanliness perspective and organized, we need to exemplify the peace and comfort and rest that comes from Christ that's offered now. Matthew 11:28 28 says come to me all you who are labor and heavy laden and I will give you rest take my yoke upon you learn from me for I'm gentle and lowly in heart verse 30 says for my yoke is easy my burden is light there is a present rest that's extended by Jesus that when we show that to others they'll see a great light of heaven in our homes. Now, there are some attributes in heaven that are not in heaven when you when you learn about heaven. And we can avoid these in our homes. When we can also minimize them. And then if they are in our homes, we can use them to point to heaven. First, consider unrighteous or unrighteousness. First Corinthians 6, 9 says, Or do you not know that the unrighteous will not inherit the kingdom of God? And then it'll be a list of sins there that will keep them them out. The works of the flesh that are listed in Galatians five has a warning with it that says those who do such things will not inherit the kingdom of God. And I'm not suggesting that we don't have people in our homes that need the gospel gospel. You do. You definitely need to. I'm suggesting that we don't allow the filth and the trash for the condoning of the sinful behavior in our homes. We need to build the walls and lock the gates to keep that stuff out. We need to be, we can trust our families, but we can also verify our children and our spouses. We should have their passwords to all the things. We should talk openly and honestly. We should browser history, go through together, you know, or separate, however it is. there shouldn't be any secret spaces in our home there should be privacy between a husband and wife but I'm saying there shouldn't be any secret spaces of our children and and from our spouses pornography is tearing apart homes ripping apart lives but I have to tell you it starts in mainstream media okay because we're so desensitized by what happens mainstream and what we do allow in we need to be careful that we're avoiding that kind of entertainment that will desensitize us to those things, or filter it through, through things like mid Angel. If you don't know about it, chat with me about it. I'm sure most of you do. And don't make yourselves available to conversations with members of the opposite sex without your husband. Like if you're texting for some reason, if, if I'm in a text with a man, Daniel will be in it too, or the person's spouse, or all four of us will be in the text. Um, When our family members come into our home that are shacking up at their houses, do we allow them to sleep in the same room in our homes? We don't need to do that. Do we host pool parties where we put kids, you know, of both genders in the pool together with clothes that aren't covering any more than underwear? Okay, just because it's a different fabric doesn't make it any more covering or any more suitable. Don't be deceived. Remembering that bad company does ruin good morals. First Corinthians 1533 when our hearts start to shift and we let those things set up camp in our homes, heaven light, heaven's light can't shine there. The next thing that's not in heaven will be partiality. Revelation 7 9 shows that the redeemed in heaven are of all tribes, all peoples, all languages. We'll hear about partiality in James 2 where it exposes the sin of being partial to someone who is more wealth than another. If we want our homes to be slices of heaven. We're going to not limit the boundaries of who's included in our homes. Heaven in our home is going to be <clears throat> inclusive in the manner that we recognize everyone has a soul that Jesus valued enough to die for. And the last thing is suffering. He's going to wipe away every tear from all the eyes, right? Now, we're not going to be able to keep all suffering out of our homes, but we can not be the source of it. And just as importantly, we can use suffering to point people towards heaven. James 5 10 11 says, as an example of suffering and patience, brothers, take the prophet who spoke in the name of the Lord. Behold, we consider those blessed who remain steadfast. You've heard the steadfastness of Job, and you have seen the purpose of the Lord. Romans 8 18 says, for I consider that the sufferings of this present time are not worth comparing with the glory that's to be revealed to us while on this earth and in our homes we're not going to be able to keep a hedge around our families that prevent them from suffering but we can make sure that our disposition shows that it won't compare to the glory that is to come that is in touch for god for what some of us grew up in homes that didn't offer these houses of heaven. And when that happens in your formative years, it's a lot of grief to carry throughout your life and it can affect your walk with God and your own interactions with your family. But what I want you to know and when you visit this verse is probably my favorite verse in the whole Bible. Psalm 27, 10, God knows, okay? God cares. Psalm 27, verse 10 says, For my father and my mother have forsaken me, but the Lord will take the end. Those who overcome can appreciate being tested and remaining steadfast, and it can amplify the desire to seek the crown, because in pain comes motivation to seek relief, and there's no relief. So whether it's for our family, or those we bring into our homes, when we know God, to show God and exhibit the heavenly attributes in our homes and exclude the absence of heaven. We can make our homes a slice of heaven to point others to that final and forever destination of a heavenly.